Okay, good morning, Morbi listeners. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Morbi Download. This is episode 17, and we're here with Jilly Dutton, uh, who's recovering from breast cancer. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, her experience and also talk around food and nutrition and what she's found out along the way. Uh, say hi, Jilly. Hi, everyone. Uh, so how, how did it all start for you? Yeah. It started with a, a routine mammogram. Um, February 2017, I, I got the letter and turned up at Glenfield Hospital for a routine mammogram. wasn't my first um, and thought everything was normal and then three weeks later I received um, a letter to say come back we want to check something out and thought it's one of those things and then the next minute I was on the conveyor belt of um, breast cancer so when I went back they gave me another mammogram they then gave me an ultrasound the ultrasound came um, was quite different because I expected there to be a lump but there wasn't any lumps it was like dots in the um, uh, in the breast so it was like spider's legs okay growing from my shoulder to my nipple fortunately um, and they wanted to take a biopsy because they thought it was calcification so I had the biopsy waited two weeks came back and they said yep it's calcification but our path lab aren't happy with the sample they've taken can we take some more so then they booked me in for another biopsy which is like a hoover which is like a spike with bigger holes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they basically hoovered a bit more out and um, waited another two weeks no. except the I had a phone call which was a bit earlier and they said in a lovely bright cheerful voice <laughs> Uh, your test results have come back early. Would you like to come in on Friday? And I thought, yeah. yeah. And then they hit me with. And you went, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I sat in the corridor and I said to my husband, I think that nurse there has got a card in her hand and she's collecting appointments for me. And yeah. I watched her walk up and down, up and down. Uh, yeah. So when I got into the room and they said, it's cancer, I really knew I was already there. Also, I'd had um, a cyst about five years ago, and yeah. when I had the scan then, they said that because it was so rounded and the corners were rounded, it was cyst. They said cancer is spiky usually, yeah. and uh, so when I saw it, I knew something was going on and, and just needed to confirm it. But Glenfield was fantastic, yeah. they booked me in. Uh, for an MRI scan to yeah. check my other boob in case it was across there. Fortunately, it came back and there wasn't any. So then they booked me in and said, look, it's bigger than we'd liked. So we'd like to do a mastectomy rather than a lumpectomy. And at that point, I thought, I just want it out. Um, they booked me in, I had my mastectomy, took the nipple away, which was I was a bit surprised about, but logically when I started the thought process that it was actually growing that way, and um, then the triggers come in about women that had, you know, nipple changes, how they pitted, then obviously that then triggered, well, if mine had been left and grown longer, it would have attached itself to the nipple, and because I'd not had any symptoms, I checked myself regularly, didn't find any lumps or bumps, 
Um, and I actually asked my consultant whether she could feel it in yeah. case I wasn't feeling right. And she said, no, I couldn't feel it either. And this is what's so important to fold the mammograms, isn't it? Yes. For people to go and get sorted because it's not always a lump. No, it isn't. Uh, and the people people do avoid them though, don't they? They do. It's like putting your head in the sand. It's like. <laughs> I mean, I've always been to mine, mm-hmm. and they are uncomfortable. I will, I will tell any lady that they are uncomfortable, um, unless you like your boobs squashed completely black. Yeah. Um, but they're necessary, and thank God that they picked mine up really early because it didn't spread to my lymph nodes. We later found out after the mastectomy, they got clearance on it, and it wasn't in my lymph nodes, so yeah. it, it wasn't um, that old because the cancer that I was diagnosed with was um, an aggressive type cancer, which is non-hormone based. It's okay. not so. Um, I'd been doing, as you do when you get diagnosed, you hit the internet and, yeah, and look, look, at everything. <laughs> look at everything. I didn't scare myself stupid. I stuck to regular sites to try and gain some information. Mm. Not the forums. No. No. <laughs> um, and I found that there was a lot of research about food, what's mm. triggering it. And, um, and that's my avenue that I went down. I decided to cut out dairy straight away yeah. because before we had the path results, I thought it was going to be hormone based because every woman suffers with her hormones yeah, yeah, exactly. or the majority of women suffer with their hormones at some time. But then found out it wasn't hormone based. So and then I did more research about food and found all sorts of information. So that's when I started on changing my diet. Coincidentally, whether it is a coincidence, I don't know, but six months prior to me being diagnosed, I'd changed my diet dramatically. I'd eaten a lot of meat, a lot of dairy, which I've never done because I suffer with high cholesterol. It was low-fat yogurts. Um, And I came to my own conclusion that as some people suffer with hay fever and they have an intolerance to, to pollen, Yeah. I believe that some people have intolerances to different foods that they put into their bodies and that's what creates the massive allergies and conditions that we have today. Yeah. Um, as you know, recently Roundup, the weed killer has had this massive <laughs> yeah. prosecution in America which has bubbled the way uh, in the background about wheat and clearing weeds from yeah and the, from fields and stuff the like chemicals that. that they use and stuff like that yeah, it? So. yeah so so after while i was going through my treatment um when they came back and they said you're an aggressive type of cancer and it's triple negative because it's aggressive even though we've got it all and it didn't go in your lymph nodes we want you to have chemo yeah and uh, that was all my life I've always dreaded chemo because you just hear the horror stories don't you yeah. um, how horrendous it is and I take nothing away from it it is horrendous mm-hmm. uh, it saves lives Yeah. Um, it's a poison that they pump into your body and they're very good nowadays where you have a pre-chemo appointment where they talk about how to look after yourself take your temperature regularly you know, the first seven days after chemo, don't go anywhere that can cause infection because you're susceptible to sepsis, 
We had to cancel our holiday. Yeah. Oh no, big, big uh, miss yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, even though we're only going to Scotland, but yeah. a friend of ours who said, look, you're going to be stuck on the Isle of Isla. Yeah. You know, if you need to go to hospital because you get an infection, yeah. it's a helicopter job. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you look at the, the advertising around getting cancer and stuff like that, because obviously they don't really talk about the causes as much, do they? They no. just talk about... Well, one in two people are going to get it now. Yeah. So you know your 50-50 chance. You don't yeah. say, well, actually, this got Because nearly everything contributes to it to a certain level, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I did my course, they talked a lot about car fumes. And stuff mm. like, so you've got high prevalence in the city than you do in the countryside. Mm. Uh, yeah. But there's nothing that you can do about that unless you want everybody to go back to like the Stone Age and start going on bikes or yeah. something along them lines. Food has a massive thing to do, but I think... Uh, the regulations around food, you know, the grades are not that high, are they? No. Uh, around the processes of it, because obviously we've got a popu- growing population mm. and the food demand is increasing, yeah. but we can't cope with that demand. No, and they want so. to grow it quicker, they want to produce yeah, more, yeah, exactly. they, the margins are less, so they need to produce more, they need to keep the, the cattle healthy with the antibiotics to get the milk, they yeah. need to, you know... I was staggered that you can grow a lettuce in in Spain in thirty days. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know, how do they do that? Yeah. Um, and the more you look into it, and I did a lot of. What I found was that the research in America, they start it in America. If Britain thinks, "Oh, that's quite interesting," oh, we'll do a bit our, ourselves. Yeah. So, but you have to take the scaremongering out of America because they like to sell everything with oh, fear, yeah. um, and. But when you strip back the fear and look at the basics as to what they're talking about, I came across the China study, which a lot of people um, have talked about. But I didn't read the China study first. Yeah. I read a book by uh, Dr. Kelly, who's a, who was a GP over in Ireland, whose friend, who was a, um, a scientist, I believe, gave him a copy of the China study. And he, to read the book, it's really interesting because yeah. what he basically did, he tried to help the grade four cancer patients that he had in, in his community by changing diet. Yeah. Because basically what the cancer um, study found in China is that, um, I can't remember who it was, but some Chinese um, emperor or whoever was dying of cancer mm. many years ago. And he got the whole country to do an analysis of when people died, where they lived and what they died of. Yeah. And they created this map. And on this map, they found that in the um, wealthy cities and, uh, and surroundings, people died of heart disease, cancer, diabetes. And in the rural areas, people were still dying, but they didn't die of the wealthy diseases. They died of malnutrition, pneumonia. Yeah. Um, and that's what started me to be intrigued because the guy who wrote the China Report has been funded for 50 years. He's a scientist, he's not a doctor. He was sent over to a country to improve the children's protein levels um, because of malnutrition. Yeah. And he found that, that, that the children over there were eating peanuts 
And that's when I found out that peanuts are grown in the ground like potatoes, not off a tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why a lot of children are allergic to peanuts. It's the mould on the peanuts mm. that causes the reaction because they're grown in the ground. But what he found, that the peanuts were actually infected, uh, that's, I hope I pronounce this right, with a carcinogenic yeah. bacteria or whatever it was. Okay. And the children were eating them. But the children from the wealthy family that ate meat and had a really almost Western diet mm. died of cancer. But the poor farmer's children that couldn't afford the meat yeah. didn't get cancer. Mm. So they were both eating the same poison, yeah. but they weren't both getting the same yeah. sickness. Um, and then he does a lot about diet and different diets and, and he went back to America with this fantastic result and said to the government, hey look what I found out. Yeah. And the government went, uh, <laughs> uh, and of course the government's run by the beef industry, it's run by yeah. the dairy farmers and the pig farmers and you know they pay money to um, get the research but when it's the wrong kind of research they basically Don't go, like it. Uh, well, poo pooed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He thought he was, I mean, you look at uh, some of the islands that obviously you're not allowed to touch, are you? They've yeah. got Aborigines on and stuff like that. And they, they, they're st doing more investigations into their lifestyles and stuff because they don't have Western diseases, do they? No. Westernised diseases. And they're mm. wondering, well, is it because we have a sedentary lifestyle? Is it because we have this sort of modified food? Is it the medications that we have? Because basically, it it is a there is some correlation between the chemicals that you're putting in your body do cause that. Mm. Uh, but obviously, there is some research around eating dark green leafy veg that boosts your immune system that can attack cancer cells as well developing, yeah. uh, and that's why it's so important that people do need to look into nutrition mm. around it mm. uh, instead of just promoting the healthy guidelines as such. Yeah. Uh, but is it something that needs to be controlled higher up, saying, right, we're not going to let these certain foods through because instead of just like putting a sugar tax on it, I, should no, they have stopped production of it? I, dis I disagree so. with that. I mean, I'm gutted that they've taken the sugar out of my Ribena. Yeah. You know, oh, I bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've Makes never, Ribena, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I've never, <laughs> I've never been obese. I've never uh, drank alcohol. I've never smoked. I've never done drugs. Yeah. I was when I got diagnosed. I was fit and healthy that I've mm. been, you know, early fifties. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, what the hell have I got this? And that advert yeah. where obesity caused cancer. Yeah, because that was on the tube a lot, wasn't oh, it? Oh yeah, that really wound me up. Yes, yeah. it does, but yeah. it's only a minority. Yeah. That it causes it in. There's so many other things to take into consideration, mm. and the, at the end of the day, it's lack of education. It's lack of education, but you've got to think is what does research money go towards isn't it yeah and who pays for it yeah so you know if if it's a food industry and they're promoting like luke said if they want something done they'll pay for the research yeah. to be done but they're only going to promote the good bits out of it yes uh even though for for everybody else it might be just a sugar rush yes. but for an elite athlete it'll replace electrolytes and yeah. stuff like that yeah uh, because they're doing intense training for like nine eight eight hours mm. but for mm. the average joke that's on the street and they're having like Luke said, basically you're getting a bit of a sugar rush. Yeah. It's not really, you're not training hard enough to actually have mm. any benefits from it, really. Mm. Uh, and I do, I do think there's got to be, I mean, you were fit and healthy, so it's a bit different, but there yeah. is some uh, element of self-accountability 
for people that yes. do get it because of you know smoking or mm. alcoholics or yeah. uh, overeating and stuff like mm. that to towards your health conditions, isn't it? Well, I agree with that. And and the thing that shook me was I finished my chemo treatment the end of September last year, mm-hmm. and um, I thought three months I'll be back to it. Yeah. And it was a grueler. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm nearly twelve months down the line. And I would say I'm 90% back to how I was before. It takes such... I mean, I was fit and healthy and strong before I started this. And yeah. people that don't have the strength or have the, the you know, who's fit and healthy mm. or... It must... It, and I know I've got friends yeah. who've, who are going to... who had chemo at the same time as me. And they are struggling big time. Yeah. Because they weren't fit and fit healthy, and healthy before. before they started. Yeah. So it just takes the the... Um, it just takes time yeah. it just takes so much longer to get yeah. back to the po- well some people don't ever get back to the point where you were before it all yeah. started I mean we I mean obviously with the cancer rehab that launched at North West Leicestershire District Council that was launched because it was one of the first ones nationally to be launched in a community setting uh, but then the decision that, that I made because I, I designed it it's like well, we've got to have people on diagnosis mm. Because yeah. then that keeps them going through it. So if you can develop yeah. the fitness beforehand. And obviously you've met some of the ladies that come to it. And they're already looking fit and healthy anyway, aren't yeah. they? The ones to convince are the stuff the people that didn't do anything beforehand yeah. uh, to try and take up a healthy lifestyle. Because their side effects are a lot worse, yes. like with fatigue and tiredness yes. and strength. Yeah. They're a lot worse than somebody that is fit and healthy going into yes. it. Yeah. Uh, so... I mean, you know, taking up a healthy lifestyle is massive. And obviously, I always promote weight training in mm. part of the rehab. Uh, and it is trying to get people into the mindset of saying, you've got to start looking after yourself. Yes. Because if anything does happen for you, because obviously you can't always stop things. No. Then you're more likely to be better off going through the treatment and afterwards yeah. uh, in your rehabilitation. Uh, because obviously, cancer treatment can go on for years yes. for some people. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. lucky. I mean, yeah. my chemo only lasted like four and a half months. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's staggering the impact that it has on you, mm-hmm. physically and mentally. You yeah. know, the other thing people say to me, "You look fantastic." But I, you know, people say to me, "You look fantastic all the way through your treatment." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Yeah, because I I didn't want to be the cancer victim." No. You know, I bought different wigs. I put. Uh, a lot of makeup on. I put more makeup on that I wouldn't normally do to make me look as if this isn't Nothing winning. Changed. Yeah, it's not <laughs> winning. I, you know, I'm going to beat this. Mm-hmm. And people say, "Oh, why do you say that?" I said, "But you know, you've got to have that mindset, haven't you? You? Have, <laughs> you have to have that positive mental attitude, mm. and you have to." There's a lot of people that do, why me? What, yeah. oh, poor me. Yeah. And, and I think if you're in that mindset, it's so much harder to get back out of it and put you back <coughs> on track to coming out of the end and thinking, oh, this is going to, you know, I'm going to get to the end of this and yeah. we're going to manage it. But you've got to be proactive. Yeah. But I believe you have to be proactive about everything. Yeah, you? exactly. You've got to move first, not let it happen to you. Yes. Uh, if you and especially relating to a lot of the people I've worked with, you know, if you start going down the victim route and why is me, which I, I could probably say nearly everybody that I have had doesn't have that attitude, but it's probably why they were proactive saying, right, I need to look after myself yes. and do down a healthy route and do exercise. Yeah. Is because as soon as you start going down that mindset, that just fatigues you on it. So even if you didn't have anything wrong yes. with it, if you start getting negative about stuff, yeah. you start going, oh, why 
me and stuff like that. Yeah. It makes you tired thinking about it. So you've got to practice and yeah. get out there and yeah. do walks. Well, you like know that. that if somebody says to, to you, walks up to you and, and, and they say, oh, you look tired today, you think, oh. I didn't I before you said that. it. <laughs> well, exactly. And it works exactly the same thing, yeah. isn't it? You know, if you've got your head down, you know, you, that's one of the things that I learned years ago about depression. Most people that have got depression sit with their head down. Yeah. They don't sit with their head up. Little yeah. things like that make a yeah. massive difference to your recovery. Yeah. And especially, like, looking at some of the clients' goals, it wasn't, I want to do this marathon, I want to do the 3K. Yeah. It was like, I want to make the school run yes. without feeling tired. Yeah. I want to pick up my grandchildren. I yeah. want to be able to do this. I don't want to be falling asleep. I don't want to be mm. uh, irritable. Yes. That was quite common, irritable, because they yeah. felt so tired, yes. like when the kids were around and everything, so they didn't want to change their persona. Yeah. Uh, they still wanted to be their normal, yeah. which it, which everybody strives to go back to, isn't it? Yes. Is their normal, and yes. then uh, some people will try and forget about it. Mm. Uh, you know, when I give talks at Glenfield uh, to the doctors and the surgeons and the, the consultants and everything... It's like I talk a lot about the mindset, and the, mm. I said you don't really pay much attention to this bit. Yes. You just deal with the problem and physical, and you say you yeah. must go to this, 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 this. Yeah. But nobody really asks you know how you are. Yeah. Or well, do you need this, or do you need that? We or? we'd said as we started our chemo, we had a chemo meeting before chemo, yeah. and I think the hospital should give you a chemo meeting after chemo to say, mm. look, these are the type of things you're going to come across. You know, uh, the the problem is they don't want to tell you the full list of side effects. Yes. Because then people imagine the worst. some of them. Yeah. You know. Um, it's like phantom stuff, yes. isn't it? So. And you can uh, and you can appreciate that, but you need to be prepared. Mm-hmm. You need to be prepared that this could happen. You need to be prepared to say right after because basically they said to me right chemo's finished bye <laughs> <laughs> have a nice time see ya love <laughs> <laughs> a mammogram in twelve months that's yeah. about it and it well you know because other ladies are hormone based cancers they have drugs to take over the next five to ten years which is a completely different struggle on yeah. its own. Um, but when you've said, yeah, you've got the aggressive cancer, yeah. you've got to have chemo because, yeah. you know... Did they point the finger as well like that? Like, <laughs> you've got to you. You're the lucky winner today. Yeah. Um, and then they just go, bye. Uh, and that, you think, oh, okay, what do I do now? And I, I, I think you're right, they do miss it. And a lot of people will say to you, you look well. Yeah, I look well, but mm, I don't feel well and and i think that's the bit that you're not prepared for at the end that they should say to you look you're gonna look great you're gonna it's gonna take you a bit of time fortunately we had a godsend a friend of my husband's is a pharmacist at glasgow uh, leukemia center and he was you know oh this is happening should we expecting this and he you know he answered thousands of questions yeah. that my husband had so that we weren't left in the dark. But so many people have got no idea what happens next. No, no, exactly. And they're sort of left in limbo as well. Yeah. It's so, you know, when I go and give these talks, like, yeah, but they only do it in Ashby. <laughs> it's like, so what about everywhere else? Well, they don't really do it anywhere. And they're probably not insured to do it, so that's why they don't touch it, unless they've got a qualified instructor that knows all the processes and everything. Mm. Uh, and that's that's a dangerous thing because it's like almost you finish treatment away you go you're back to normal now yeah that's how they see it isn't it physically yeah. you're back to no, well as good as you're going to get yeah and it's like there's no recommendations like you should go to this service and I think there still needs to be that uh, cooperation between mm. well, you see, hospitals and stuff that's going on and when I had my pre-op 
Mm. At the beginning, I had a breast care nurse that went through, you know, how are you feeling? Do you need emotional support? Do you need this? Do you need yeah. that? Do you need the other? And you think, no, no, I'm at the beginning of the journey. But really, that type of question should be done at the end, yes. not at the yeah. beginning. Because when you've been all through it, yeah. and, you know... It's like going through something very emotional or stress and then you know you're sort of living on adrenaline almost yeah. you're living on the stress and the adrenaline it keeps you going and you think i'll keep myself busy and i'll do this and do that yeah and then when everything calms down afterwards <laughs> yes. that's when all your thought processes come yes. in and that's when all the emotions and yeah. you know some people go into yeah. depression and stuff yeah. like that but uh but that's where everything sort of sinks mm. in but i think that's where i've hung my hat my hat yeah. is right i don't eat meat i don't eat dairy um, was it easy for that change? Uh, it was in the early days because the chemo helped with the taste buds. Yeah. Because it's to yeah. eat an annihilated taste buds, you can't taste anything. So I that was easy. Fun. Well, some people go into spicier and spicier yes. foods, don't they? Yeah. Um, and I found that the more delicate flavour was better mm. than a stronger, spicier, salty flavour. Okay. Um, but saying that, after reading the China study and... and they talk about a 5% animal protein diet, mm. which is quite achievable for the same results as just not. So my theory is, at home I don't eat um, meat, I don't eat dairy, I have, I found a fantastic creme fraiche that's made out of oats, yeah. I found cheese that's made out yes. of coconut if I need that. Is it more boost. expensive? It is more expensive, yeah. but I'm only buying it for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because... The children are not that age where they need to cut their protein levels no. down because they're still burning it every yeah. day. Because we were talking about behaviour change the other day and uh, basically most patterns or behaviours are set in stone by the time people are 16. Yeah. Because that, that's when they're sort of coming into a door. They've got a bit of independence, but they've already been ingrained probably from their environment or their parents and, mm. you know, doing stuff or cooking. So to change that, they're saying that it has to be a significant event to actually get rid of a yes. proper behaviour. Yeah. And that's why normally I find like with cancer or cardiac, uh, they actually change their whole lifestyle mm. because it's that shock to the system. Yeah. Especially with the stigma around cancer, it's still there around yeah. cancer equals death. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think one of the things that they don't talk about, and we realise this, this is how we were quite strange in Northwest. Uh, we were getting our average age group was between 35 and 55 mm. that was our average so where everybody related it to being an older person yeah. in retirement and stuff like that yeah. majority of our people are like 35 to 55 and breast cancer is still the most common so most of them were mums yes. still working yeah. and stuff like that and I think that hasn't been raised anywhere that you know it's not necessarily that more people are getting cancer the more people are getting it younger yes and I think that needs to be brought to awareness to try and get people yeah. to kickstart to change their... Well, I was really shocked. Sat in, in Glenfield Hospital in the breast care centre, you see so many young women mm. and old women. And, of course, the other thing is, is people say, oh, I've had breast cancer. And I go, oh, all right, what type of breast... And I need to yeah. know what type of breast cancer it is. Because, yeah. to me, I've done the research. I want to know whether it's BRCA gene-based. Yeah, yeah. Where, really, you've got no idea whether you can help yourself at all. Or whether it's hormone based, or whether it's triple negative, which yeah. you know, and the triple negative um, is majority of younger women yeah. that get it. Yeah. So I've got the young ones to do. Oh, look at you! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was your pick me up. In, <laughs> but, in, in. 
Yeah. So, you know, but when you get into it, a lot of ladies bury their heads and they don't want to know. Yeah. But yeah. I... They don't need to know, the, they don't want to know the detail. They just yeah. say it's breast cancer, that's it. Yeah. But also, you, can you remember, it was on the news, I think it was last year or the year before, and... They, they came out with some treatment and it was a cure for breast... They, they sold it as a cure for breast cancer. Mm-hmm. But it was one type of breast yes. cancer. Now, there's loads of different types of breast yes. cancer. And, yes. then, you know, and I know one of my clients got annoyed with it mm. because people were going, oh, yeah, it's going in the right direction. It's like, yeah, but it's not for mine. Yeah. Because people don't actually look into... Actually, yeah. there's different types of yes. breast cancer. Breast cancer is not just as a whole. Yeah. It's just that area. Yes. Uh, and I think people need to educate themselves around that. Yeah. But do people want to know? That's that's the question, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't think they do. Um, mm. You know, I know that I'm higher risk of getting it. Yeah. If I can get to five years, then my, my percentages change. Mm. Um, and um, because I've got no drug suppressing whatever triggered it last mm. time, but, you know, I'm in a different ball game to people that take yeah. tamoxifen all the other yeah. drugs for five to ten years. Yeah. So, you know, I'm... I've, I felt as if I've got to find something to help me stop yeah. it coming back because yeah. my body created it. Yeah. So surely my body cannot create it if I change something. And that's why I hate... I really hate people going on forums mm. because I think it's more... I know they're trying to find information, but some people just want to talk about their experience. Normally yes. it's negative Yes. on the forums. Yeah. Uh, but because there are different types, it doesn't matter if you've got the same type as somebody else. Mm. If you look at the side effects, the treatments or yes. anything like that, there are thousands yeah. of different side effects that you can get. Yeah. And everybody is different in yes. that pathway. And that's what people need to understand. Everybody is different. So you can't correlate it to say, yeah. you're in the same bandwagon, yes, it's your boob. Yes. But actually, the way it reacts and the way you are, you know, you've got different fitness levels, you've got different genetic makeup mm. uh, that helps you cope with stuff or doesn't cope with stuff. Mm. Uh, and that's what people have got to understand, isn't it? Yeah. It's, well, one of the things that I did was I created, um, a, I put it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, so you d- I didn't have to keep repeating myself over and over again. Yeah, people that's asked, quite annoying, uh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, people asked how I was. Yeah. Um, and um, I also wanted to portray that you can have breast cancer. You yeah. can work through it, as I did, because being self-employed, I had to keep working. Because the government doesn't pay self-employed people, sit paying. No, more. no. So I mean, that's a hard going. Because I had another client that was she ran a pub uh, in Burton, and it basically she uh, she she couldn't stop working hmm. for her treatment or anything because you know you didn't you paying someone not to be at home sort of thing. So hmm. she had to carry on working, and she found it really hard some hmm. days. But the mental attitude was. Got to keep working. Yes. And the work is sort of kept going yes. as well. as And, you know, I find that with a lot of people that sometimes, especially with self-employed, the work keeps them going, keeps yes. them focused. Yeah, it makes you... I used to have my chemo on a um, Thursday. Mm. And I knew in seven to ten days I need to be better to get back to work because I could get ten days in before my next lot of chemo. And it refocuses you. Yes. It re-pulls you around and think, right... I'll sleep another day and I'll feel a bit better tomorrow, a bit better tomorrow, a bit better tomorrow. And you, because you know you've got that point that you need to feel well enough to go back to work. Mm. Um, and I posted photographs on Facebook, all my different wigs. I used to have a pink wig. But the biggest thing was I never knew anybody that had breast cancer when I got diagnosed. And the only thing I'd seen in the media is, oh, I need money because I want treatment abroad or I'm dying yeah. and I'm leaving my kids. And I thought, look, 
let's put up out there to say, look, thousands of women are getting breast cancer. Thousands of women are surviving and living a normal life after. Yeah. And it doesn't come back and people get on with their lives. But because nobody talks about it and it doesn't make headlines no, no. you don't hear about no. it sometimes I always say I mean because you don't really see it on the news I don't know I don't really watch the news now but it used to have a positive story at the end yeah, didn't it the news, yeah. I don't know if they still do no, that I don't, think so. I don't think they do it now <laughs> because positivity doesn't really sell no we as human beings we're sort of drawn to the drama and negativity if there's yeah. no drama there it's like I'm not really interested to be honest yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we're attracted to and I think it's quite a, it's an, it's a negative mindset that people tend to have. Well, if there's no drama there, then mm. some things are too good to be true. So there must be drama there somewhere, and they yes. dig for it then. Yes, that's right. Well, you must have felt really. Yeah, I yeah, did feel it, really. Yeah. But <laughs> it's only for a few days in the three-week cycle. Yeah. You know, and and you just you just have to soldier through. Mm. Um, I said to my husband the other day I didn't realise how strong I was as a person until this happened to me yeah. um, and it really gives you a different view on life mm. and what you want out of life going mm. forward I mean what are you going to do going because you just finished your reconstruction haven't you so yeah, what are you you going back to <laughs> full time working or are you going well, to be fair I didn't work full time before All right. yeah I'm yeah. not really <laughs> I've got to that age where I think five days a week yeah. now thanks um, but the other thing was the reconstruction. Originally, I was going to have the I had liposuction taken from my stomach, thinking, "Yes, I shall get you know free liposuction and put it." Yeah, you know, put I, it where I want it. Put it where I want <laughs> it. And then when I went to the consultant, she said, "You're going to need another three or four operations to this." And I think, yeah, "I haven't got time for this. I've got yeah. to get back to work. I've got to earn money. You know, I've lost thousands last year from not being yeah. able to work." And uh, so I thought, right now. I'm going to have the implant taken out and have a bigger implant put in so then I'll be balanced and I can get, get back, back to in, work. get back into the gym, get my yeah. fitness back, get my body shape back, you know, get back to work. Mm. But one of the things I did do was I, um, when I got diagnosed is because I do bookkeeping and admin for small businesses, when mm. I work for a particular person and I'm on their lifeline to their books, yeah. I can't go in hospital and have chemo so I actually um, resigned from half of my customers and said you need to find somebody else yeah you know you've got no support you know and at that point I didn't know I needed chemo I said it you know if I can't work you need somebody to do your book so mm. I got rid of or resigned half of my customers <clears throat> and the customers that I kept had got extra support and said look I'll come in when I can and they've been fantastic yeah. all the way through and understood quite a bit yeah, yeah. and then I came to the realization that I've got too many of that returns. I don't want to go back and do that. Much as I love it and I'm good at it, mm. I thought I'm going to go do something nice. So now I do manicures and pedicures to get a bit more girly time, you mm. know, a bit more relaxation. It's not so stressful, you know, and I can pick and, you know, I don't need a lot of customers, just a few regular customers. So that's what I'm doing now, building up a new business to work alongside. Okay. So What's that in? Well, I do the bookkeeping and admin yeah. for small businesses. So the other... And then the other is manicures and pedicures. Okay. So, um, a gel varnish, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, I noticed, like, uh, that's one thing I didn't notice, because of the different emphasis on life. I don't think I, I know hardly any that have gone back full-time. No. Uh, I can't put a name on one that's gone back full-time, actually. No. So, uh... You, you just think, what... 
What's it worth? Well, what's it worth? Because at the end of the day, the money didn't help through the treatment. That's not going to keep you alive, no. is it? No. It's actually your mindset that keeps you alive yeah. rather than the And money. I think like paying bills and stuff like that, obviously you've got to yeah. try and do them. But if yeah. you haven't got many bills and stuff like that, is it worth working five days a week to suck in your guts out to try and... Well, you're just basically saving. Or you're going to treat yourself for a holiday or something yes, like that. that's so. right. You know, we all have to work to pay the bills, mm. like I do. But, you know, you scale back, you get rid of the stuff that you don't really need or, you know, anything. Do I need to... Now, if I go to the shops and look at it, I think, do I need to buy that? Well, how many yeah. hours of work do I need to work to earn it? And See, I think, think like that. You know, I think, oh, how many hours do I need to work to pay for this? So, yeah. So, you know, I'm going to a conference in London next week, uh, next month and even though it's like 300 odd quid mm-hmm. I'm thinking how many hours do I need to work doing that yeah. <laughs> and that's how I work it it's yeah. like, so then I think oh well I only have to work 10 to 15 hours so it's not so bad then because yes. it's not a week's work yes. it's just like quarter or half a week Yeah. so uh, that's how I correlate in my mm-hmm. expenditure so and I think that's a good way to think of it, really. Mm. But obviously, you can get obsessed like that as well, yeah. can't you? Yeah. But the, also, yeah. the other thing that I've mm. contemplated doing, because now I've got my new boob. Yeah. <laughs> my new boob. Yeah. Um, I've got no nipple. Yeah. So I've been trying to find a nipple tattooist. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen that on the Instagram and stuff. Yeah. But a good a nipple good tattooist. Yeah. Um, because I've seen some nipple tattoos and they're not, not that great. No, no, they're not. So, and I've also, I don't know whether NHS has improved, I haven't got to that point in my treatment, yeah. that, but from what I've read, that some of the stuff that they use only lasts like three years. Yeah. And they are, what's the point of that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the point I have to do? I've redone every three years. Yeah. So, uh, I might have to go and train to be a nipple tattooist. Yeah. I think, I think there's definitely a market there. There's a huge market there. Uh, for nipple tattoos and the thing is it's like it, there is a demand there because mm-hmm. it's that normality again isn't yes. it uh, yeah. I think there's a huge demand there uh, and it's an extra bit of support isn't it mm. uh, and if it was someone like yourself doing it at least you've been through the process as well Yes, uh, that helps a lot Yeah. Uh, that's going to bring us to an end today uh, thanks Julie for coming in it's okay you had a good day uh, there you go <laughs> uh, and you know what's the one advice that you would give people going through the process of well say from diagnosis uh, going through for a cancer patient um, or breast cancer patient i would say oh, positive mental attitude yeah um, but how do you do that how do you get the positive mental because not everybody's got it no i what i would say is that every event that you have to go through yeah. Give yourself something to aim for after that. Yeah. So, for example, one of the things, and it sounds a bit strange, one of the things that I used to do with chemo, people used to say to me, oh, I bet you're dreading your nest a lot of chemo. And then I'd think, no, not really, because what I think about is what pair of shoes mm-hmm. I was going to wear at chemo. Yeah. And, and focus what I'd wear. Yeah. So that all I could think about was what I was going to wear, not what needle was going to go in and what horrible crappy stuff was going up my arm. It yeah. was what I was wearing on that day, what wig I was going to put on. So change your focus. Yeah. Don't think about the procedure. Think about something else. Yeah. Think about, you know, like I had my breast done. Yeah, I, I was looking forward to it. And now I can think, right, I can actually put... Um, a nice top on yeah. and not think about how, what I'm going to wear yeah, so yeah. just rechange your focus yeah 
Uh, thanks a lot, Jilly. So if you want to get in contact through me or you want to chat to Jilly, obviously you can contact through my Facebook page and I'll send you the link. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, which is Chris underscore Morby Health Coach. Uh, you can follow on Twitter, which is OPT underscore perform or on my Facebook page, which is my business page, which is Optimum Performance Health and Wellbeing. Uh, can people contact you, Jilly? Yes, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, I'm on Facebook, Jilly Dutton. Um, and yeah, drop me a message. I'm happy to talk to anybody about my experiences. If you're going through it or you're starting your adventure um, or, it, or you're at the end or you just want a cup of tea and want to chat about your experiences, I'm happy. Yeah. Okay, guys. So you keep it the positive mental attitude. Uh, you know, try and block out the negativity around it uh, you know if you've got negative people around you obviously they're not helpful for you and it's it can be quite harmful towards how your outlook is on life or in your situation uh, and stay tuned for the next episode of Morbid Download take care see you later